0: good evening um I, know I usually don't do multiple episodes but I, I really want to get um, back into just doing I don't have to just do it on only two days a week like if I have more ideas and more episodes to do then I'll just do it right so <laughs> this is what I'm gonna do so hopefully this is interesting I don't know if it could be helpful I suppose but it, I think it's interesting um this these two chapters that I'm gonna or excerpts that I'm going to read, um, has to do with a lot of things that I talk about, which is spirituality and, um, soul versus ego. So it's going to dive more into, um, what it, what a soul is and what that means in terms of everyday life and how you can think about it spiritually, um, and yeah, so I just want to see, I haven't read it yet, so I'm learning it just like you are right now. So I just want to share that with you guys and I'll, and I'll give my opinion on it. And if you have comments or questions or something like that, you can definitely reach out to me. Like I always say on Instagram or Twitter or email, um, everything is always at black hippie lounge besides the emails, like black hippie lounge at gmail.com, but everything else is at black hippie lounge. So uh, it's from uh, my favorite book, 101 Essays That Will Change The Way You Think by Brianna Weiss. And so there's two ep- there's two chapters. The, one, the first one is called If We Saw Souls Instead of Bodies. And then the other one is called Why Does a Soul Want a Body? So two interesting things. Let's dive in. Um, I'm just going to find the first one. First chapter um hopefully you guys are having a great week um, somewhat <laughs> um my week has been decent i'm just trying to find this chapter okay um but yeah my my week's been decent it's been going by pretty quick um all right so the first chapter i mean the first thing is called if we saw souls instead of bodies it says, if we saw so- souls instead of bodies what would be beautiful what is the first thing people would know about you what would you be most afraid of them seeing who would you impress who would you love what would you adjust as you walked past the mirror what kind of work would you be in what would your goals be how would you strive to be better if what you collected in the bank or put on your body or attached next to your name on a business card no longer affected what people saw? Would you spend your time in gyms and stores or in libraries and temples? Who would you let yourself fall in love with? What would be your type? Tall, dark, and handsome or creative, kind, and self-aware? Ooh. Hmm whom would be whom would we idolize and what how much of our governing body would be fit to lead whom would we make famous whom would we celebrate would we restructure our value system to prioritize the things that bring us true peace and desire not just better than the norm what would we do with all that money if we weren't spending it on decorating and changing and convincing everybody else that we are a way we really aren't. How would we define success? As who gathers the most um, things around their souls, or who is transformed the most and shines the brightest? What would it be like if our priority was to just become lightness? What kindness and joy and healing and rawness would come of the journey there? What would happen if we could see people not as bad, but as blocked? If we could see the ways they've packed away their pain, or how they hold a belief that keeps them away from being kind to others? How they are unaware that those issues even exist? What if we weren't afraid of the ways people are different than us? What would happen if we realized our bodies never wanted anything more than to feel connected and acted out of nothing more than their false ideas of being separate, different, exiled, the odd one out, the the almost but not good enough. What would happen if we embraced our desire to play out and finagle with our individualism, but eventually return to the knowing that we are all just energy fields? And where would we be if we realized that we were all from the same one? What would happen if we realized we really weren't that different at all? So that's the first one and that one again is called, if we saw souls instead of bodies. So I feel like there's a lot to unpack there. I think mm, that question alone, if we saw souls instead of bodies, I think people would be more aware of themselves and they would be more aware of how, of other people and maybe be more cautious of how they treat other people. Um, I, I like the part when it said like if you could see um, people not as bad but as blocked. Because usually if somebody is, you know, angry or just down or they just have like negative mood about them. It's usually because their chakras are blocked. There's a there's a chakra that's blocked in them, and they're just not aware of it, or they don't know how to unblock it. And unblocking chakras doesn't always. It's not always just about sitting there like meditating it away. Like some things are just so painful that it's it's going to take more than that. It's going to take therapy. It's going to take mm-hmm. like um, physical therapy too. Like literally taking unblocking the um, blocks in your life or in your body. Right. Cause I don't know if you've seen that before, but there are forms of physical therapy that can help, um, get rid of physical blocks within your body that are from emotional pain. And so any, anyway, uh, like it's saying, like, if you could see people not as bad, but as blocked, I think that you'd be, people would maybe be more, a little bit more understanding and more forgiving of people who are in an angry state or in a negative emotional state um, and be maybe more willing to help them release that pain so that they can be, as this described it, as light, lightness, um, kindness and joy and healing and rawness. Uh, when you're usually in those states of mind or state of being, you are lighter and you are just radiating and more people are attracted to you. I I know I've talked about that a lot, whereas if you're packing a lot of emotions, a lot of pain, a lot of negative energy, you repel people um, because people usually don't want to come and crossfire with people's anger or sadness or just negative energy because, A, you don't know how those people actually handle that and what they will do, and you don't want it on you, right? Um, So I like how it says that, and it also says how, like, some people are just unaware that that even exists. Um, Something that I've been learning through reading, but also just, like, experiences as well is that anxiety can be something that makes people react in different ways. Um, it could make you an angry or come across as an angry person because not because you're actually angry, but it's the anxiety of maybe not knowing what's next or not. It's over like sensory overload or just too many people around you. Um, different things like that, that can impact, um, your mood and make you come off a certain way that it's not even really your intention to do so. Um as I saw it I saw um oh, I can't really Okay it says um not to deflect but I just want to talk about the anxiety thing. It says things people with anxiety do that may come across as rude. Leave an egg leave an event early or abruptly. They cancel planes plans last minute. They are irritable and easily agitated seem withdrawn or don't talk much. They lack eye contact or fidget often, are on their phones or distracted in group settings. Ask, can you repeat that multiple times in a conversation? So those are things that are like can be redeemed, can be deemed as rude in our society. But if you could see someone's soul and you could see that they have anxiety or they're anxious, um you maybe would be a little bit more understanding about why they chose to do some of those things right and not not label them as rude but maybe ask them or just make them feel a little bit more comfortable so that they don't feel like they have to do those things um and then i also like how it was talking about what would happen if we embraced our desire to play out and finagle with our individualism but eventually, return to the knowing that we're all just energy fields. Because I say that a lot. I think I've said that quite a lot on the episode of how we are, we're energies, right? We are um, souls having an experience within these bodies. We have to be a body on Earth because that's just how it is. I guess I don't really have a full explanation of that, um, but we are um, a a soul within have an experience we have to learn how to separate soul from ego and that's a part of the journey of of being here on earth and so um the whole point is to get to know yourself and get to know your soul and get to know others as well and so I like how it says you know if we were viewing each other based on soul would we pay attention to our physical appearance as much Uh, at least within like society, like going to the gym and making sure we look our best. Um, And what would you be attracted to? What would your type be? Because it wouldn't be based on height or looks or anything like that. It would really would be based on that person's actual like personality and who they are within. Um, Because I like how it says, what would your type be? Tall, dark, and handsome or creative, kind, and self-aware? And I love that part because self-aware should be an attraction if you're healed and you're self-aware um it wouldn't matter really what the person looks like you know as far as like being tall dark and handsome or nothing like that because you wouldn't be able to see that anyway you would really see who they are within and um also like how it says who would we idolize or like consider ce- celebrities right because a lot of times celebrities are yeah it is based on their talent but a lot of times is a lot of times they focus on their looks too so um, would that be something that would be viewed as important and what actual people would be considered quote-unquote famous if it was based on what you look like inside and how you are inside? And if you are self-aware and healed and you have a loving spirit about you, um, what would that be more attractive and more appealing um, to others than just what you look like on the outside? So the other part I want to read It's called, Why Does a Soul Want a Body? It says, Yesterday I took a shortcut while walking home and ended up crossing through a small graveyard in the back of a city church. I stopped and I looked at the names and dates and the veterans and the three year olds and loving wives and fathers and sisters and husbands, the immortalized bits of what their lives were summed up to be. And I thought to myself, why would a soul want a body? What can a body do that a soul can't? Why would it want an impermanent, gross, heavy, hurting thing? I was standing in front of a husband and wife that died in the late 1800s. I looked at their final resting places, a few inches away from one another, and realized a soul can't touch. Assuming the idea that a soul is an energy field, that our spirits do indeed exceed the speck of life, our bodies provide in the span of infinity a soul can't touch. It can't see the light. It is the light. It doesn't know the need for human skin. It can't run its fingers over someone else's hand and neck and back. It can't feel crippling desire and ecstatic passion. Those are symptoms of a madness we call love, but it's human love. It's often shallow and wild and manic, and the equivalent of smoking crack cocaine. <laughs> it melts into an appreciation of something deeper or it burns brightly and then it goes out. Souls can't experience a beginning or an end, nor an array and a spectrum of emotions. They can't be surprised because they were never confused or unknowing. They don't know physical, emotional warmth, Or what it's like to hold and kiss a new baby on the forehead or jilt you get or the jilt you get in your chest when you smell the person you love your soul can't feel the cadence of reading your favorite book or the sensation when you mind when your mind puts someone else's story into your life or how your fingers flip through the broken binding for the trillionth time and how lovely that book smell is especially when it's your favorite one it doesn't know that crisp and comforting coolness of fall or the heat of the sun on your back in the summer. It doesn't know that deep feeling you get when you spread your fingers out and run your hand through water. It can't wear your favorite t-shirt or eat cookie dough or sweat or breathe or cry or dance. It doesn't know the lifetime comfort of your mother or your lover wrapping their arm around you matter of factly. A body is responsible for the most amazing part of anything, physically finding or creating. Once we have something, we don't want it anymore. What we really want is to make and fight and become. A soul doesn't have to pay the bills, or go food shopping, or cook dinner, or schedule a checkup, or do the dishes, or make plans for Friday to keep up with a relationship. It doesn't have to take hot baths to relax or organize the house, or run errands or take walks to think. A body can learn. A body can feel the magic of realization it can piece the pieces together and understand it can get lost so it can be found it can suffer so it can heal what if the series of rote tasks we want our life to be better than aren't better than us at all what if they're what we're scheduled to do what if there is no greater meaning than just simply doing them what if what we feel in those little moments we want to escape and place in the context of a greater meaning is the meaning itself? If healing is just acknowledging pain, then maybe living is just acknowledging life. There are so many anxieties and frustrations and terrible things that cease instantly when we just say them out loud. The point of learning to grieve and mourn and be present is only so we can just be aware. Recognition is the remedy. It's the only thing we're really supposed to do. And the real suffering, the inescapable kind, comes from avoiding what's in front of us. It follows and haunts us until we acknowledge it and are okay with it. Even if it doesn't make us happy. Even if we're anything but. Sorry. A soul wants a body so it can experience things. And that body will fight itself until it makes itself aware. Until it does what it was programmed to do. Until it takes what it needs to take and feels what it needs, what it wants to feel. No matter how dark that seems. We're not supposed to be better than our humanness. Doing so is overlooking the point of the body in the first place. We can choose happiness, but we choose the full spectrum of experience instead. Maybe instead of believing things are linear and the road only goes upward and towards happiness... We allow ourselves what we choose. We pay bills and do dishes and cook dinner and wonder why. Maybe there's no point to feeling other than to feel it. Maybe it just persists because we pretend there is. All right, there's a lot to unpack there. I, ain't, I never really thought about it like that. So I, a, a certain line that stuck out to me is, if healing is just acknowledging pain, then maybe living is just acknowledging life. And it's interesting because I feel like the longest time I've always thought like you're supposed to live. We're here having, we're souls having a human experience, and our part of the experience here is to just enjoy the journey and the ups and downs and the highs and lows and the different experience that you have throughout life and the people that you meet and um what it means to live life and live life to the fullest because you don't know how long you're gonna be here. Um, while fulfilling a purpose. But I guess I never really thought about maybe it's just to acknowledge what it is to have a life. Like, it's not necessarily about having to be here to do something. Maybe it's just about experiencing it. And when you... I never really thought about how a soul can't feel all those things that we as humans experience. Like, something simple as, like, a hug and just human touch. Um... So I guess it's saying, like, a soul wants a body because it wants to experience this the simple pleasures of what it means to have life. And if you think about it like that, then life is really valuable because for the longest you think that being here on Earth, like, we complain a lot about, like, oh, we have to pay bills and we have to do this, we have to do that. And, you know, life is hard. And life is hard, don't get me wrong. But I I think this whole excerpt kind of just makes you or at least makes me think about how valuable life is. I already knew life was valuable, but all those simple things like what it means to how it feels to wear a T-shirt or eat cookies like those are just things that you do. But those are things that souls can't do. Souls don't have a physical form. They're literally energy, an energy force. They're a powerful energy force, but we that's why we can't see them. And that's why we have to do inner work to be in tune with them. And they're very powerful within the spiritual realm. They're, they're powerful here as well, but not as powerful as a human body. They can't do the same things. And so I think... An idea for me is that we're here not only to have this experience and allow the soul to experience life, how we choose to do so, but also to we owe it to the soul to allow it to experience the best life it's ever experienced or can experience. I don't know how many times it's experienced life, but, um, you know, the soul that you have within you, maybe start thinking of ways to, to give it the best experience it can ever have. Right, um you don't know how many times your soul has lived this thing called life and maybe they chose the a one before you that was really hard on them and they didn't like it and now they back here again and within you and maybe they're looking for you to give it a, a better experience or more fun experience or a less stressful experience or just a loving experience um So maybe that's our goal, too, to just try to live a really, really great life. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I like that one. I never never really thought about that. I always thought it was the opposite. Like we're trying to like the soul has the upper hand and the soul is like with God and the soul is in this other in this other realm that we don't, you know, we want to get to. (laughs) But it also makes you feel like, man, you got to slow down too a little bit. Because if you think about it, you can't do all those things, then that's kind of tough. Like, not being able to feel someone else and touch other people or even touch yourself. Like, give yourself a hug, give yourself, run your hands through your own hair and stuff like that. Um, hmm. And also had says, in the real suffering, the inescapable kind comes from avoiding what's in front of us it follows and haunts us until we acknowledge it and are okay with it even if it doesn't make us happy even if we're anything but that's interesting too because a lot of times in life you do try to run from your um you know the insufferable pain or suffering it's not fun to suffer and that also can make it kind of tough for the the soul too because the soul is going to eventually have to um experience that and go through it and resolve it to get to where it needs to be. Um, hmm. Yeah, um, this was a good one. <laughs> kind of stumped, honestly, about what else to say. Um, I like also how it says, we're not supposed to be better than our humanness. Doing so is overlooking the point of the body in the first place we can choose happiness but we choose the spec the full spectrum of experience instead i feel like that one is like you could choose happiness which is like to know exactly why you're here right and just come in do what you need to do and and go but then you would be missing the the full experience itself of the ups and downs and learning different things about yourself and learning about other people and traveling to different places and experiencing different relationships and all this other stuff. So that's really what the soul desires. The soul wants to be here and experience those things and um no matter how much of a risk it is. And that alone, like knowing that the soul is here and they chose to to come here on on planet earth in a human body and deal with this stuff that we deal with versus like being up there and chilling or, you know, like in another u- universe, chilling and being in uh, eternal bliss, that goes to show you the power of life right there. It's very powerful. And you are very powerful because you're in charge of, of that. And you're not only responsible, you're responsible for your your body, which is a temple. And even though it's saying like before, like, oh, don't What would it be like if we just saw people for their souls but it also makes you think like you have you owe it to your soul to be in the best shape and the best the best you you can look for you um that you feel is the best looking because you want to have your let your soul experience the best right you want your soul to feel beautiful and to feel healthy and to know what that feels like and not to suffer um if you can avoid that so i i I thought that i think that was interesting (laughs) Um, and I hopefully you, you felt the same. Um, yeah, I, I liked those two chapters. And hopefully it made you think about what it means to, to live for your soul. Um, and so, yeah, hopefully you all have the great rest of your week. And as always, I'm your host, Chanel. This is Black Hippie Lounge and you can follow the podcast on multiple platforms, and you can rate and review the podcast as well. As always, meditate, manifest, invest in you, and have a great rest of your week. Meditate, manifest, invest in you. Join me on my spiritual journey as I elevate myself and like-minded listeners to a higher level mentally, physically, and spiritually. Thank you for listening. This is Black Hippie Lounge, and I am your host, Chanel.